to ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Now we are the masters of our faith. Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, based in Northern California, somewhere between Sacramento and San Francisco. My website is rpusa.org. Direct telephone number is 726-999-0999. And today we are joined with Florida Republican candidate, District 25, Ruben Young, who is running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the general and Carla Spaulding, a registered nurse and real estate agent there in South Broward County. And uh, so, Ruben, step in for a second and say hello so people won't think I'm talking all by myself. Good morning, Rick. Uh, thank you again for bringing me on your wonderful show. I've had a great relationship with this show, and I thank you and everything that you do. And I thank you for listening all to give me an opportunity just once in a while to come on and say hello. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So today's uh, show will be, I will say, unlike any other. And what we want to also mention in Ruben's website is rjoungforcongress.com. Dot com, And please donate. Now is the time to donate. Ruben is qualified, or I say highly, highly qualified, as a uh, candidate in the primary. And uh, please donate. But especially, we want you to register on the website. And uh, we will talk about why toward the end. But just stop what you're doing. If you listen to the podcast or the show before... Register on Ruben's website, ryoungforcongress.com, and throw five or ten dollars in the in the donate. Hit the donate button and throw five ten dollars in, in the in the uh, donate. Uh, hit by hitting the donate button. We are hearing now that uh, there's there's some type of correlation between uh, running for office and having a lot of donations. Well, hell, Ruben is a candidate. And he didn't receive a whole bunch of donations, but he's still a candidate. So now people are trying to say, well, you're not really a, a qualified candidate. Uh, you're not a good candidate because you don't have a half a million dollars in your in your uh, your war chest, your your donation bank account. Well, like I said, Ruben is a candidate and we believe that some of this this donor stuff, even though donations are great and Ruben, Ruben definitely definitely needs donations. We believe that there's some shenanigans behind donations. And I, I did a podcast episode about that yesterday. So please look for it for on June uh, 22nd. But today we want to shift it a little bit because, you know, I'm from Tampa, Florida and lived in the in the 305 back in the day for a couple of times for a minute. Um, we want to shift today's conversation to the black vote, the disenfranchised vote, the Cubano vote, the Haitian vote, people who have lived in the 305 and for some reason 
have not seen the, the, the fruits of their labor, the fruits of being an American citizen, perhaps, the fruits of existing. But at the same time, other people have seemed to bypass them. And what people who have been voting Democrat, let me get straight to the straight to the uh, to the gist of what I want to talk about. People who have been b- voting Democrat are, are now thinking, when is it going to be my turn? <clears throat> oh, sorry about that. <clears throat> so people who have been voting Democrat have been thinking for a long time since 1968 when blacks uh, were sort of given uh, some freedoms under the, under the 1968 Civil Rights Act. Blacks have been saying for the last 52, 54 years, when is it going to be our turn? When are we going to have something close to 40 acres and a mule, even though the 40 acres and a mule thing was was uh, was a, a sort of like a metaphor from back in the day? Blacks are saying, I've been voting Democrat, some of you, for 40, 50 years, some of you less than that. And you've been told about all these things, all these wonderful benefits that you get as voting voting for Democrats. But before I bring on Ruben, I want to say this one thing. If you have been voting Democrat and you have been, uh, you know, told about all these great things uh, that you get for voting Democrat, one thing has changed in your life recently, and that has been the COVID. 19 situation if there's any blacks that still believe that the democrat party is the place to be you only have to look at what the democrats have done to the black community during covid there have been so many blacks that were told oh no you can't work without this shot oh no you can't you can't be a club dj you can't run your 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 restaurant you got to shut down your business. And a lot of people would probably say, I thought that was what the Republicans would do to me. No, no, my brothers. This has been the Democrats who have shown their true colors to the 305, the South Broward, you know, the, the 954. These, all the pain that you're suffering right now, you know, after Trump left office, has been 100% due to Democrats. If your gas prices are are high, that's due to, let's go Brandon. It's not due to no Russian war, Putin and and, and Ukraine. That price price was gas was going up long before the Russian-Ukraine war. If you're, you know, walking around thinking, man, what happened to my 401k? 401ks are down almost 15% since Brandon took office and they have taken a dive big time since uh, in the last six months. What about home affordability? I'm on the West Coast and I know the uh, South Florida has seen the same thing. The interest rates, you know, at least six months ago used to be 3%. Now the average interest rate is like six and and a quarter and getting ready to go up to 7%. So what about buying a home? There's some theories about why they have raised the interest rates after they have given away so much money under COVID to all these uh, Democrats and these government agencies. 
the theory is and make sure you check out tomorrow's podcast episode and i'll give you the the whole scoop the theory is is that since they've given away money to all these governments and local uh you know you know people who who make decisions now they're going to raise the rates so people all people but especially black people cannot have access to capital so just imagine six seven months ago you could get a loan if you qualified or if you knew the right guy but now june 2022 when the rates are about to go up for mortgages your access to capital is going to be seriously hindered because a loan is almost double what it was at three percent and now there's going to be six and seven percent you won't be able to afford that loan which means black people have to put their dreams and goals and ambitions on the back burner again because of the democrats so ruben man please share with a little bit and we'll go back and forth you talk two or three minutes i talk two or three minutes but tell people what you think about what i just said okay good morning again this is ruben young a republican candidate for Congress taking on Demi Watson show for Florida Congressional District 25, hoping and seeking to be the first Republican to serve in that district. You know, Rick, I, I just want to back up for a bit. You know, for many, 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 many years, I, I was uh, I served as a black Democrat and uh, I was very committed uh, to the party. I did those things that was required. But my eyes came open when uh, you, you you go off and you seek to run for political office. And you thinking, you thinking because you're running for office that your party will give you the support that you need in order to advance yourself, in order to be a voice for, your, for those that uh, you want to represent, uh, mainly within the black community. And trying to deal with some amount of unfairness. And when I saw a betrayal and I saw that a party really don't uh, support African-Americans the way they should, like they, everyone else, and how they play with our votes, how they play with our minds, and how they play with our uh, our families, uh, keeping us in the winds and not giving us the resources or access. And this is what this is about for me. It's what you said. Access is very important. You know, you have rights. But just because you have a right doesn't mean that you're going to get that right. And that's why I think that uh, as American and as black American, as black Democrats, uh, this is a perfect time uh, to uh, reconsider where you stand because America is about the redistribution of wealth. It's about having access to the same rights and benefits as everyone else has within. It's perfect. It's a constitutional form of government. And that constitution spells out those rights that you have, uh, those benefits that you have as being an American citizen. And those rights are fermented. Uh, in language, where no one can come and take those rights away, but it's, but it's up to us to uh, seek enforcement. Is to have a voice, someone close enough to where, when there's a violation of your civil rights, your human rights, your economic opportunity rights, you have someone that can take to the national floor, and you have someone to speak out and speak up on your behalf. And this is why I'm running because I want to be that voice. I think that everything that you said this morning, I am in complete agreement because we have been bamboozled. We have been pushed aside. We we have been pushed back another couple hundred years because of the fact that we don't have champions in our, in our African-American community that speak up. Like during the COVID, I was with the state of Florida 
I was a, uh, a an aide to a state representative. And I remember many fights for dealing with the Department of Agriculture and the uh, uh, Department of Emergency Management, doing my level best to ensure that the resources that was for the Liberty City areas and a lot of those areas that received the resources after everyone received their resources. And then you had people that, uh, during this pandemic, no baby diapers, or not enough uh, food, or not enough supplies that would come into the community when the state, when the state sent resources where everyone would have equal sharing of those resources, but the resources were put in the West before those resources came uh, to the East. And so therefore uh, it, it, it left people, you know, in uh, food lines with limited amount of food. I was there, I saw it, I had conversations. So when I talk about why I switch, why I'm over uh, now running as a rep Republican, I believe that you we have to find a, a, a something that we can hold on to, something that we can believe enough in, something that will give us the same access to freedoms and liberties and the pursuit of happiness. So I, when I hear you talk about that word access, that's very important because we need access. Like I said, America's about the redistribution of wealth, but that wealth is not just going to be given to you. You know, you have to work at it. So faith without works is dead. You have to ha work at it. You have to have someone that's willing to work. Somebody willing to go to the national floor and demand that you have the same access to the resource because you know you want to. You may want to be in a business. I've had have access to start a business instead of having access to being poverty, or have access to start a business rather than being in a community full of of crime and a lack thereof. Because that's what I want to see in my district. I think that now those that in the great race of life will forever remain behind or run faster than the man in front. And I don't see Debbie Wasserman Schultz doing that for you, uh, for our communities. I mean, I'm not talking, I'm just specifically focused on those communities that left with the lack thereof. I don't think Carlos Spalding, because I've been in the community over 30 plus years as a community activist, and I've never seen her stand up. As a matter of fact, I never heard of her until the, I, I, I got involved with these congressional elections and I, I, I see that she's nowhere on site until the election cycle. Uh, there's no position that she's making to there's an election cycle. So it, it leaves me wondering, it leaves questions in my mind, how concerned and how caring is she is she's about ensuring that all of our communities receive those, uh, those access to benefits. And, and if there's no money involved, that I don't see her around, but, but be as it may, we need a strong voice that's strong enough to take to the national floor and, and, and not just fight, but know how to fight. Not just ask, but know who to ask. You know, the Bible says that you must ask for it to be given. This is what I'm about. When I hit the floor, I'm not gonna worry about what party you with. I'm gonna worry about, is there a need in my district? Is there a need in our abandoned community? Is there a need? to ensure that everyone is, is, is uh, uh, has the pursuit of happiness. You know, like they say in the, in the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator uh, uh, with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what I'm about. So yes, Rick, I agree with your statement wholeheartedly, and I thank you for giving me this audience, this opportunity to speak to your listening audience this morning. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate what you said. And just to let people know, we are not using any notes. 
we're not using any notes at all at all so all this stuff is coming from the heart and i want to talk about two two things before i talk talk about this this other thing uh you mentioned democrats versus republicans okay so the covid thing has now shattered those two uh political entities in terms of what they used to represent now it's about socialism versus freedom and i want to make sure i highlight this 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 new paradigm because before like i was like i mentioned on a previous episode if you are a democrat and you got a job and you got you know you got some money in the bank and you got a business and you have fun and you're partying you know you're doing barbecues and you're, you're doing beach beach life i know what beach life is like i, I experienced it on both coasts on in the tampa bay area and on uh, the, the the east coast on the, uh, florida i know what beach life is like but if you voted for a republican and you're in the i mean if you voted for a democrat you can get me i'm gonna fix that if you are a democrat and the republican one your life didn't change that much be honest you still had money you still had your job you still had that beach life going on and if the democrat one i'm talking 20 years ago if the democrat one the republican was all been out of shape but even the republican man or woman had the business they had a job they had the 401k they had that beach life they can afford to look good in, in their in their nice bmw or lexus or something but now that has changed and if you're not noticing that there is not really uh in terms of um the the spirit of the of the party the spirit of the democrat party has gone in my opinion very very evil with some of the things that they're that they're talking about even van jones who's someone that uh you know i used to go to i used to uh be hanging around uc berkeley waiting to attend uc berkeley as an applied physics major and he was hanging out there you know back in the day but even van jones said yesterday on cnn and i'm going to paraphrase that people don't the average working person that's a democrat doesn't even understand what the democrats are talking about with all of these new words and 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 things that they're trying to do the average person cares about can they get their gas at two dollars gallon can it can they go to work can, do they care about and they care about uh somebody breaking in their house and uh the ability to call the police to get that sucker out or you know protection for the entire community so that's the first thing i just wanted to throw out there the second thing i want to put out there is um i want to tell people that you and i we're both the same age we just we just stepped across the 60 year old mark not too long ago you and i are just about the, we're the same age separated by three months or something but i grew up in the hood of belmont heights Ebor City, Jackson Heights, uh Tampa. My mom and dad were a drug dealer and a drug addict respectively. My mother was a heroin addict and a prostitute. My dad unfortunately got my mom into the game. And we're talking about the 70s. Okay? So the point I'm, I want to make is that I understand what 
life is like as a, as a black youth growing up with drugs in the home and, and guns in the home. And, 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 I, and I know all about that whore life or that whole life, what they want to call it. I know all about that. I, I, I know about, Me too. I know about, I know about people coming from Harlem to live with us and, and, and my mom didn't really trust them. And they ended up stealing all of our stuff out of the house. Some lady that just got out of prison, originally from from Stanford, Connecticut, lived, was in was in jail in New York. Came to stay with us for a couple of months. She ended up ripping us off. I also know about a guy. His name was Doc, and he sold packets of heroin out of the house, posing as a chef, older guy, probably like in the '60s when I was like 14 or something. And he was posing like he was this upstanding guy, but he was selling. He was selling packets of, 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 of blow. So the reason why I'm telling people this is that when you, when you find your way out of something, um, you, you see it, you go, I don't want to go back to that. And I know there are, are blacks in the 305 and the 786 and the 954. And they're saying, here's a guy, myself, and you know, you probably have similar stories. I know here's a guy talking about his mom and dad used to be drug dealers and drug addicts and pimps and prostitutes and hoes and, and doing and, and shooting up heroin. And here he is today telling us that they need to make a change. So I'm, I'm letting people know, look, if you are still dealing with the stuff that I dealt with 50 well 45 years ago, if you are still dealing with the stuff 45 years ago. I mean, if I'm if you're still dealing with the stuff that I dealt with 45 years ago and you have not seen a change as a Democrat voter, then something is really, really wrong. And that's why Ruben is making an appeal for you to go to your go to your uh, your 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 smartphone, go to your 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 computer at home and change your 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 uh, party affiliation to Republican so that you can vote in the primary for Reuben Young. We're not talking about Democrat versus Republican anymore. Wake the hell up. We are talking about, do you want the opportunities that you had just four years ago to, 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 to be a DJ, to change jobs, to uh, go to night school, you know, to see your kids having a, a pretty decent life as much as possible. Reuben is asking you to change your voting preference, change your party to Republican so you can vote for him because he is a guy that has grown up in the same situations that you grew up in. I am, as the host of Real People USA, I have grown up in the same situation that you have grown up in. And if it wasn't for the fact that I joined the military and got the hell out of Tampa, who knows what my my, my situation would be right now so Ruben what do you got to say about that all right great thank you very much again this is a Ruben Young congressional candidate taking on Debbie Watson Schultz you know I, I grew up somewhat similar I grew up around the uh, the pimps the prostitutes the drug dealers one thing it taught me taught me respect it taught me that a lot of times people find themselves in situations not because they want to because that's that's the cost that they were dealt and when you're dealing uh, living in the community that's poor 
live in a community that, that has a lack thereof, there's hardly any resources, and no one is ensuring that you receive those resources because those some of the leaders that we have, especially black leaders, I've learned over the last 60 years, because I just turned 61, so I understand what you're saying. I, I know that the America that I grew up uh, is, is a whole, whole completely different because, you know, in my community, we did have uh, black-owned businesses. We, we did have... Uh, places that will employ the people within our communities on a smaller scale. Not much in a, a, a large scale, but they call those mall and pop, pop businesses. Or you had the candy lady who was selling candies and sodas and things like that, comp fritters from her home, just to make ends meet, to take care of their family. So I do see, and I do agree with you when you talk about, when you allude to the, the, the destructiveness of, uh, of, of of conditions and policies and the things they used to be because we are old enough. We are old enough uh, to see the change. We're old enough to see the shifting in our community to, to the point to where there, there's no access. There's no one that's, that, uh, that especially in poor black neighborhoods, there's nobody having access or having the type of leadership that will help them get the access. And I think that your D-Day, your D-Day appeal you know, one of the things I learned, because I, you know, in serving the military, although it was short-lived, it taught me. One of the things it taught me, it taught me about how to change war strategies. War strategy, when one thing is not working, you don't keep running to the wall. You don't keep hitting your head into the wall. Because one thing about black people, and I can say this because I'm an African-American who family has a long-standing history, especially within the city of Miami, being here back in 18, from 1896 when Henry Flagler brought in his railroad and it was, and gave some opportunity. I didn't think much, but gave some opportunity to, to some of the citizens that was enduring some of the most vicious types of uh, racial treatment way back when. But having that type of access, having someone that would help ensure that there's access to uh, economic opportunity. And I'm gonna keep on that word, economic opportunity, because economic opportunity is not a word. It's a federal law that was placed on the books to clean our communities up is to ensure that the, the, the type of equalities that everyone else enjoys, the, the type of freedom that everyone else enjoys, the type of liberties of those foundations that everyone else seek here in the Americas seek here for the American dream. So it's not a word that we throw around. They may want you to think of the word the same, similar as economic development or community development, but economic opportunity is the most powerful word because it's a federal law that has gone, that has gone without enforcement. It was founded by Mary L. Hill and Adam Clayton Powell. We may not remember Adam Clayton Powell, but he used to be one of the most powerful chairmen of the Health Education and Welfare Committee. And that piece of legislation went through his committee. I think also the 19 civil, uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act, which you alluded in your presentation, your opening. So it's not about just fighting. It's knowing how to fight and knowing how to do the research and knowing how to find the information. And one thing that we are lacking is the Bible says, and I'm going to always give God his due. Because that's why I'm here. Uh, everything that, that I do, I give it all back to God. Because I wouldn't be in this place today if God didn't put me in this place. And so now I know that you and I both are on a mission. And black people need to wake up and look at their raw strategy. We are now in D-Day 2022. This is D-Day 2022. And we must now no longer look at, well, I'm a Democrat. 
oh, I'm a Republican. Because over here, with the Republican Party was rebuilt by Frederick Douglass. And when I used to go to school in, the, in elementary, and I used to see the teacher talk about history, they now say that most history is confined just to black history or whatever other history. But when we talked about American history, Frederick Douglass and a lot of those other people like Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth, they were all part of the conversation because of their contribution to to, to uh, humanity. So when we talk about history, we need to look at what where we are today. Are we better off than where we were four years ago, as you alluded to? Are we better off, Rick? Are we in a place where we want to be in? No, when I go through the district and I see the haves and the have-nots, and then I think about a woman that's been there, a, a representative that's been there all those years, and she's never ensured that there was equal access to opportunity or equal access to economic opportunity or ensuring that your due process rights are protected or ensuring that your human rights are protected or ensuring that your business rights are protected because of the liberty that this country stands for. So uh, I must pause right now and I must give Abraham Lincoln his due. I did research back in the day after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. And I uh, did my research and I went down and I got some information from the uh, history, historic uh, museum down here in Miami. And I came across information where President Abraham Lincoln, after the colonialization, after the emancipation, he instructed the Bureau of Freedmen to send out a William Henry Gleason. He was one of their special agents. And his mission was to find land so the newly free slaves can start a new life. Abraham Lincoln did that. And he gave, this, back then, $4,000 was a lot of money. So he gave him $4,000 and he set on a journey to find the land. So uh, African Americans, those newly free slaves, can start a new life. And back then, acres of land was about $40. $40. He had $4,000. And he found land in Miami Beach. And during that time, Abraham Lincoln probably know that William Henry Gleason had some type of hate for the newly free slaves because he said that he would not, from what I read, that he, that he would not do this unless it's over his dead body. So Abraham, after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, everything got out of whack. And he took that money and he bought the land, but it was not given to the newly free slaves. And that was a travesty because it left black folks in limbo thinking that Abraham Lincoln didn't fulfill his promise, which, you know, he went down history as honest aid. But I know that he's in his grave saying that I did give the money. I did try to fulfill my promise uh, because he was known as a man that wouldn't lie. And I want to believe and trust today that that land, that money that was given, was given for our 40 acres of music. I could be wrong. But from my understanding, my interpretation of what I read, uh, you know, it needs to be stated because I heard you say make reference to the 40 acres of mule. But beyond our 40 acres of the mule, we have the opportunity to now take a position uh, and put somebody that we know because Democrats, as now as well as Republicans, I have a lot of black Democrat friends. Everyone in my family is a Democrat, from my daddy to my uncle to my aunt to my, my cousins. So why would I not get in a position to ensure that all the families that came here in 1896, which is a lot of family I have. I have the Rose, the Fergusons, the Giftons, the Portiers, the McKenzie. I mean, I have a lot of people, the Adelies. I have a lot of people in my family that's still in here and living here in Miami-Dade County and the city of Miami today. 
So I get in there, I want to make sure that the benefits and the freedoms and the liberties and the pursuit of happiness for, for those who've been here, those senior citizens who've now grown old, they've been here, I'm ensuring that they are the right to protect them. And this is why I'm asking to change the war strategy, to change the, uh, the uh, D-Day strategy and do something different. Because now we have a, an opportunity to put voices in that House of Representatives that's going to uh, carry the history, the longstanding history of America into that position and speak up and speak out. So, Rick, you are, uh, to me, you are 100% on point with this conversation today and I thank you and I for bringing this type of conversation to the table well I tell you what you, you're definitely welcome and uh, again we want uh, uh, blacks in South in South uh, Broward and <laughs> Miami-Dade if you're listening to this episode go to your computer go to your, sm- your phone and register for as a Republican so that you can vote for Ruben Young before you want to do it now the last date is july 23rd but you want to do it now so there won't be any hang-ups with oh we got it too late and all that kind of stuff but i want to uh just continue what you've been talking about see i remember i remember when jesse jackson came to tampa and this is when my mother was a democrat and it was when i probably would still be a democrat based on jesse jackson's uh, statement. He came to a park in Tampa, and and in uh, his in his uh, slogan. This is when he had when he was talking about I have a dream. Uh, but he came to, to Tampa and he gave a speech, and his speech was about. And people probably, if you're old enough, you know this speech. It was I am somebody, and he and and, and seeing you. And I lived in a community where if you went. If you went a hundred blocks north, seventy blocks south, all black people. I'm talking about the east side of of Tampa, uh, Nebraska Avenue, and east downtown Tampa and north. Uh, for I mean, just like probably I don't know, two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand black people lived in this community, and I was part of that community. So. When I heard Jesse Jackson say, I am somebody, that was one of the first times I ever heard someone said that black people are somebody. Now, years later, when the Democrats told him, Jesse, you can't be telling black people they are somebody. Because if the black person, the black man or black woman ever figured out in large numbers that they are important, we would have trouble. And I want to take people back to this, this conspiracy theory that was said by President Johnson during this time, the Civil Rights Act. And he was a Texas senator at, the, at that time, I believe. And then he became president. But he came out and said something. And, and the conspiracy theory is whether or not it's true or not. Uh, his secretary kept notes on what President Johnson said and uh, to his memoirs and what was written that he said is uh there's no way that we can uh uh, uh let blacks uh become voters and they not become democrats because if blacks voted and they decided 
to become Republicans like many of their ancestors, like my grandfather, World War II vet. Even though he couldn't vote, he loved the Republican Party. And he was born in 1915. But if what Johnson said, if we don't, if these black people get the right to vote and we don't reach out to them so that they can vote Democrat and not Republican, we're going to have a problem on our hands. And he added, and this is this is the conspiracy theory. So I'm going to take the low road. You can look it up and, and, and see what he said. But he basically what he said, if. If we don't get black, now we need to get blacks voting for Democrats and we will have them in words voting for us for the next 200 years. Okay, so he said that so that because he knew the black vote, especially blacks owned homes and they had like some small businesses and they have the, 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 the nuclear family was intact. In fact, when I grew up in Tampa, I was the only guy on the block. That had the messed up family. All my other friends, they had mom and dads. They went to church on Sunday. Uh, the, 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 the guys had jobs. Sometimes the moms were stay-at-home moms. I was the guy with the messed up family. So let me move on to this next topic. Um, when you mentioned equal access. Okay, equal access requires knowledge that there's equal access. And I believe what the Democrats have done They'll give people equal access, but they won't tell the black community that this is available. So you're not saying that just because you're black and you don't have no money that you can become a millionaire overnight. What you're saying is that if you if you've been crossing your T's and dotting your I's and you, you know, you have some type of uh, process of that you want to be successful, you can go down and find out what programs are available if you meet some minimum requirements. And the government says, if you have some minimum requirements, whether it be for a loan, you know, we'll give it to you. But if you don't know that's available, then everybody else is riding pretty and eating, eating steak and lobster while you're sitting there thinking, oh, there's no there's no programs for me. But the, but the point is, is that you just don't know that there's something that, out there that you can do because the government has always had some type of program. I had, I got my Cisco certification for less than $300 back in 2000 because, you know, I went through a government program. I didn't have $12,000 to pay the Cisco corporation in, the, in San Francisco, but there was a school that offered the Cisco program for $300. And guess what? I could find $300. So I got that program and got that Cisco certified networking associate you know, certification. And the last thing I want to say, and before we, before I bring you back on, Mr. Rubin, and thank you, man, R. Young for Congress running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the general, but you got to get past the primary through Carla Spalding, the real estate agent and the nurse. For people, when we talk about the COVID, I said the reason why the COVID-19 thing is so important to me, because I've lost two military buddies who took the shot. I got six family members that have adverse reactions. And don't, don't tell me I'm a liar because I'll have them on the show. And I got 20 friends that have had adverse reactions, including a friend of mine I just talked to yesterday. His wife is a uh, cosmetologist. She's got a full body rash. But the reason why I'm bringing this up, we got to ask ourselves this question. Do we believe that 
all the rich people in America took the took the shot. The reason why I bring that up is because Kyrie Irvin of the New Jersey, uh, I think they're called the New Jersey Nets, the basketball player, the NBA player, he did not take the shot. He sat it out, and guess what? He doesn't have to take the shot. So I'm asking people to, on this show today, do they believe the upper echelon, the upper hierarchy of rich people took the shot? And you got think about that. If you have a chance of having an adverse reaction, would you take the shot? Kyrie Irvin didn't take the shot. Some other notables didn't take the shot. And so I'm talking about information. I'm talking about positioning yourself in a, in a, in a way where you can, where you have enough options where you can say, I don't may, I may not have to do that, but because the government is telling me I need to do that and they're threatening me with my job, they're threatening me with my life, my lifestyle, my ability to feed my family. That is not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness stuff. That is the most sinister way to, to, that's like communism. As a person of both Haitian and Cuban descent, I'm telling you right now, that is straight up communism. When you tell people, if you don't take this shot, you're going to lose your six-figure job. If you don't take this shot, you're going to be unemployed. Folks, that is not the America I grew up in. And before 2020, most of you would agree with me. In fact, many black people are agreeing with me and agreeing with the fact that why do you have to take some, put something in your body in order to work? And we're, and they're not talking about, uh, you know, they're not talking about like easy restrictions and penalties. They're talking about the harshest penalty that you can imagine. The ability, the inability for you to feed yourself and your family. And that is so hardcore. So Ruben, man, close us out for the next five minutes because you know what I got what I gotta do next. All right, Rick, so let's let's wake up America. Are you gonna either be a sheep or you're gonna be a wolf? And a, a, a sheep just going on to get along. But a wolf question. Uh, everything before he he do anything so before he he go out and give up his liberties uh, he asked the question also not just ask the question because like I said in, in the earlier it's, it's knowing how to fight is important it's not just fight but knowing how to fight and we must learn how to fight uh, we must learn how to put our faith in movement and as, as I indicated Mary Hill created a program called the Economic Opportunity Act in her, in her amendment. And that program was not a welfare program, Rick. It was, it was, uh, this creed was we take care of our own welfare. But the Democratic Party, a party that's now catering to foreign interests, is now catering to, uh, you know, dealing, uh, to overturn the legal standing of a people with a 400 year history. You know, one time uh, they said, to Harriet Tubman, they said, why don't y'all go back to Africa? And she said, go back to Africa. She said, you see these hands? These are the hands that built America. And these, and this is where we're gonna get our freedom, right here, right here, right here. She said, this is where we're gonna get our freedom. So now we're, we're in 2022. And the same conversations that we, we had many, 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 many years ago, 
we're still having that conversation. The reason we're having that conversation is because uh, we're not asking the right questions or we're not putting the right people in positions that's going to ask the right questions for us. We're, we're putting, we're putting uh, wolves and sheep clothing in our position. So in, in position. To, but now it's time to wake up. It's time now to walk away. Uh, black Democrats is now time to walk away uh, from the Democratic Party and come into a, a, a come into your voice of reasoning. Uh, you have an opportunity, or we have an opportunity to get out of all the uh, 218 Republicans that are serving in the House of Representatives, where only two black males and no black females uh, exist in the United States House. We have an opportunity to add another voice uh, to the conversation, not just any voice, but a strong voice, a knowledgeable voice, a voice that would uh, ask the right question and do the research and a voice that know how to put stuff on paper and know how to go back and check out whether or not somebody is uh, violating their oath of office. Like I think is going on today in some of these hearings that's being held. A lot of violations of oath of offices. But, so those are the type of questions that we must open our eyes to and those, that we must open our minds to and change the strategy because this is about having access. Access to opportunities, access to resources. It's not about what we are caught on the divisions. And, uh, and the uh, you know, the things that we're now saying that we are die hard to, if we don't wake up, there probably won't be an African-American black Democrat to die hard with because of the fact that we're, we get, the, the communities are growing weaker and weaker and weaker. And, and our children, especially uh, children of African-American community, they're growing weaker and weaker and weaker until we can uh, change war, war strategy. Because the future of America rests within our children, rests within all children, and it's our responsibility to take care of America's children so they can continue this American dream on our behalf, especially when we're gone. So I must do as much as I can while I'm here, and so therefore I'm running because I want to add my voice to the equation. I want to protect the individual rights of that district, the constitutional rights of that district, the civil rights of that district, the, hum the human rights of that district, something they've never seen before. And I want to thank you. Uh, please vote for me. Ryoungforcongress.com uh, and please donate to my campaign. I am a qualified candidate and I will be on that path. Thank you, Rick. Hey, that's right. And uh, Ruben, just want to let people know if you are listening to this this episode, um, you, you you may have seen Ruben out in Dania, in Weston, in Miramar, in Pembroke, uh, Pines, and uh, what's the other city out there? Uh, which, which one did I miss? Hollywood. Ho Hollywood. Hollywood in Hollandale. You've seen him out there. And Davey. And Davey, mm -hmm. you've seen Ruben out there. And uh, now his, uh, his 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 opponent in the primaries. Oh, Ruben's out there. I've got to put my signs up. But you've you've told me that that you've heard through the grapevine that uh, your opponent has went out there and was told, oh, Ruben, Ruben was already here. He was already here already. And uh, so kudos to you with your 30,000 flyers that you put out, your 20,000 emails that you put out. And today starts the first day that we reach out to small business owners in the South Broward community. And if you want to be a guest on Ruben's show, all you got to do is, is call the campaign office, 954-727-8789, 954-727-8799. Or you can drop me a line on my private number, uh, which is not private because I'm telling you about it. 
It's a 726-999-0999. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, website rpusa.org, broadcasting from the West Coast, somewhere between San Francisco and Sacramento. Take care. Make it a great day.